A locavore is a person who chooses to consume food that is grown, raised or produced locally. This is the Locavore Podcast, brought to you by White's IGA. Welcome to the Locavore Podcast. I'm Ros White and this is the podcast where we dig deep into the stories behind the hundreds of locally sourced artisan, bespoke and innovative products available to you in one location at White's IGA on the Sunshine Coast. Our Locavore program was officially launched in 2013 to showcase and highlight to our customers where their food comes from and help connect them to the families who create it. It is my absolute sincere pleasure to welcome two very special guests today who are making a glorious impression through the beautiful flavours they create. But very importantly, whilst doing that, are having a transformative impact on people's lives. Karen and Lucy Barnett of Montville Coffee, a family-owned business based on the Sunshine Coast and a locavore supplier to White's IGA, embody the values they state are important to them by demonstrating positive action to support coffee farming families through their long-standing relationship with fair trade and the protection of the environment. Their award-winning coffee has been recognised by industry at the Coffee Roasting Awards for Excellence and their efforts acknowledged as the first Fair Trades Certified Coffee Roaster in Queensland and the first B Corp organisation on the Sunshine Coast. So welcome, Karen and Lucy. Thank you for coming in. Thank you, Rose. Thank you. It's great to have you here on this beautiful, glorious day <laughs> on the Sunshine Coast. How lucky are we? So lucky. Yes, so lucky. Your affirmation, we treasure coffee for the flavours and aromas, for the way it connects us more closely to each other and for the way it lifts us up, almost draws me in to almost smell that beautiful aroma of freshly brewed coffee. But it's a statement that means more to you than that. Why was it so important, Karen, for you to bring to the Australian market a high-quality roasted coffee that is ethically produced? Thanks, Roz. That's a wonderful opening question because it's why we started our business. I came from a background as an educator, and when you're a teacher, you really see immediately the impact that you have on young people, and you can really see how by introducing them to ideas and to helping them to develop habits of excellence that you can really help them to develop into really, really thoughtful people. Mm. What we didn't know was if it was possible to take that and apply it to a business where we could make decisions that also positively impacted people's lives and that we used business and commerce as a way to do that, because it's so clear that so much power rests with business and with industry. Mm. So our question was, is it possible to make a product that people will love, but also have it be something that is transformative on communities and on the lives of the people who produce it? Yeah, it is a powerful message, isn't it? And so much thought yourself has gone into that. Why coffee? What was it about coffee as a commodity in Australia that you thought would provide you with that platform to be able to produce something beautiful here on the Sunshine Coast 
a quality product that would then deliver on some of those transformative impacts that are so important to you. Why coffee? I think we just fell into coffee. (laughs) We were really interested in choosing an industry where there were a lot of problems. Coffee is historically a commodity that has had its core in justice. The whole conventional coffee supply chain is about how do we produce a commodity as cheaply as possible to maximize profits at one end of the supply chain. And so when we decided to move back to Australia and start a business, fair trade hadn't started in Australia yet. And it was very strong in Canada. It was very much part of the social conversation in Canada was thinking about where our commodities came from and and how to make the supply chain more just. So when we moved here and realized that that was going to be an emerging product, we decided that's where we would start. Maybe if you could elaborate a little bit on what fair trade is, I think it's maybe known by industry, but potentially maybe not by customers. And it's a hugely important factor, isn't it, of consideration when you're sourcing product. There Maybe there might be a few little pockets in Australia that grow coffee beans, but I think there might be a grower in Noosa. But really, largely, coffee beans are imported, aren't they? Because they're grown in places like Peru and Indonesia, where I think you source yours from Peru and Indonesia which is why fair trade is important because it's about making sure the farmers are paid a fair price, isn't it, which instantly fulfils your values and creating a transformative impact on people and communities. So maybe if you could elaborate on what fair trade is and what it means and what it represents. I think what makes fair trade special is it goes beyond paying a fair price. It's actually about capacity building and it's about how do we move from a very paternalistic model which says we know best, we know what will be best for someone else to say how do we build a model that is based on equality and on justice and on self-determination. So if as a business owner I am able to make my own business decisions and enter into the trade agreements that I want to and think about how I want to run my business and live my life, that means I have autonomy. I'm in a place where I'm encouraged to build my capacity. We have access to that. We have access to education. We have access to technology. We have access to resources and mentors. And fair trade is about making that available to those communities and those individuals, often women, who haven't had that opportunity to determine their own future, to make their own decisions, to make their own mistakes. And that's what sets fair trade apart is it's about grassroots democracy, it's about capacity building, and it's about an entire community or cooperative learning how to make decisions and advance together. Yeah, I really love what it represents and how deep and far it goes. I'd like to bring Lucy in now, just into the conversation. Hi, Lucy. You're the daughter of Karen and you're involved with Montville Coffee. So I'll come back to Karen's your story, but I just want to bring Lucy in because Mm. I think it's also really important because it's a significant part of how the younger generation and the new generation are thinking about the social impacts, which is they're more conscious and more mindful and they make decisions Mm. based around their values and their ethics. Mm. And Lucy, I know that this is important to you and you've Mm. had an amazing background for such a young life so Mm. far that you're making and creating your own impact, aren't you, within the family business, which is Montville Coffee, you're here mm-hmm. working with 
your mum and your family and tell us a little bit about the role you play today with Montful Coffee and why these social impacts are important to you. Yeah, so I just moved home to Australia a few months ago and wasn't really planning to <laughs> rejoin the family business, but yeah, fell into it and was pleasantly surprised actually at how interested I was in what Marple Coffee is doing now and where they are now. They think growing up you just are like, oh yeah, you know, my parents have this business and now that I'm a, an adult and am a consumer myself and I'm making my own decisions about what I want, how I want the world to be, I'm realizing like, okay, all of my values are what this business stands for. And so it's a really exciting thing to be a part of actually. I do a bit of like film and photography. So I just started making some content with them. And then <laughs> me being me, I was like, hmm, I feel like there's room for some more strategy here. So then I just have been stepping more into a, a role of branding and marketing. And I think Marvel Coffee is at this really cool transition point. And so I'm just here at this time to sort of be helping solidify like what's our identity now and where are we headed and how do we communicate that through all of our marketing and the way that we're engaging with people. So Yeah, so yeah. you were born in Canada. I was, yeah. But you grew up in Montville. Yeah. And running around the farm yeah. <laughs> and helping in the business. What were those early tasks and early memories, you know, and how have they maybe impacted on because you went away back overseas, you've travelled extensively and you studied in Canada and what was your degree that you completed? I did, it was a bit of like a design your own degree situation, but I did a political economy and music. Yes, so yeah. left and right side of the brain yeah. working nicely <laughs> together there. Yeah, <laughs> I love that combination. So here you are, you've come full circle, but obviously well-travelled mm this incredible expert knowledge that you've accumulated and now you can apply it to the business. <laughs> from from being that little tacker running around the farm at Montville, probably no shoes on, you know how we are on farms, and <laughs> crawling all over things and wild and free and the hair flying and <laughs> happy childhood, I'm sure, yeah. to coming this full circle. Like what stamp do you want to put on the business that fulfills your purpose or you feel that you can influence in a really positive way? What sort of impact can you make on Montville Coffee with your involvement in the business now? Yeah, it's interesting because when I first rejoined the business, I was kind of bringing my experiences with my own business that I had had in Canada and the strategies I was using were very much directed at like how I would market things at young people. And so I think that in a way that has been what I am bringing to the business and kind of I think what my involvement is going to look like moving forward is that I am a younger per I am a one of the youngest people in the business and so naturally my outlook is like okay what are people my age worried about and what do they want to see what are they expecting what are they demanding from businesses and how can we meet that and really communicate that, no, you can trust us. We're looking out for you and we're looking out for this younger generation and we always have been. That's something that I really have come to understand from being back in the business is like, okay, this is actually a business I can trust and I'm proud to be a part of 
from someone that <laughs> studied political economy and is very critical of business in general. But yeah, I'm like, no, I actually stand behind this. And I think that is sort of what's aligning with my purpose here is just this translating that into my generation. And I think all everyone my age, we have grown up pretty critical of business and of the economy and just who to trust and not really sort of pretty skeptical when it comes to what messages were being given. And so being in a position of writing those messages is really interesting. And how do you be in a position of, of selling something, but also being in a position of being this really trustworthy, dependable force and connector and it not necessarily being about selling things, but actually about the impact that you're making. And you're here to do that and make that impact in a new and innovative way. Yeah. With your experiences. So you started a kombucha business, didn't you? I did, yeah. Yeah. Who knows? You might have (laughs) coffee kombucha. I think it's already a thing. (laughs) Someone beat me to it. (laughs) Oh, that's wonderful. There's a great saying that I love which really resonated with me was you don't decide your purpose, you discover it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you just stumble upon it and all the planets aligned and then it's (laughs) kaboom and that's when you find that, it's Mm. it's a gift, isn't it? Mm. Karen, you founded Montville Coffee in the year 2000 and you came here to be close to your Australian family after growing up in Canada yourself. Tell us a little bit more about your experiences maybe as a child in Canada and how did it ignite your focus around social transformation? So my parents were very active in the community and really encouraged me as well to be connected to the community and to engage in community service. So as a young person, that was through Girl Guides, through our church youth group, and just through being in community. And so I think that really shaped me that being a part of a community, being of service was a joyful thing to do. And when I was in high school, my mum went back to university and studied medicine and then began a very public life. And that really shaped me as well because her whole focus as a medical doctor was healing individuals, but then realizing that if we didn't manage to address the threat of nuclear war, there was no medical response. Mm -hmm. So she became a peace activist as a doctor. And that really affected me to see that you could take a career and connect it to a social issue or to something that was so important and use your voice as a specialist to talk to government and to shape policy at an international level. Mm. And I think when when we started our business and could really see that that was a direction that we could take through fair trade, I had a model. I had a mm. model of my own mother and I could see, okay, this is possible to use my work as a way to contribute to the world. Yeah, I absolutely love mm. it. Drawing on your upbringing and the the role models and the people around you and then that's your beginning. I think it ignites something really special in us as children and then applying that later on in some way for positive impact. It's very powerful. 
you also support our local community, the local environment, and also our fabulous friend Martin Duncan from Scon Time, who does wonderful things in our community to connect people, particularly the older generation, to eliminate loneliness from their lives. I mean, he's an extraordinary human being. We all love Martin. Mm-hmm. And what he's doing with Scon Time, and you immediately jumped on board to support that by providing one for coffee for the events that he has. So he makes the scones and they are beautiful, fabulous, and at the CWA Hall and invites all the locals, the lovely ladies and gentlemen, Mm. and they come together and you provide the coffee, which is just beautiful and compliments the scones beautifully. (laughs) Tell us about that. I think it's one thing to provide a product, but the other thing that it allowed us to do was was to provide our time. So we go to all the scone times, we serve the coffee, we do the dishes, we stood at the sink with you, Roz. Yes, we did. <laughs> Many we had times. the tea towel over the, over the shoulder and, and we might have been just you know, chitter-chattering away. I about, know. And do you remember, Karen, we were, I was getting in trouble because I think you were washing up and I was drying up and I was putting the little cups and saucers away and I didn't realise that they had a home and I was just talking away, putting them in anywhere. <laughs> Next minute I've got Martin over there going, no, they've got to go in like this, this order. And I go, oh, sorry. <laughs> but I think that's something about serving together is that's how you and I developed a friendship. And that's something that Martin has created as well as he has created a way for us to serve our community and help with the challenge of loneliness, yeah. it's also given all of us who have small businesses and never have time a space to come together and through being of service, through putting jam on scones or mm. doing the dishes or serving the coffee and tea, we're able to talk about the things that are important to us. And that network strengthens our business community, which strengthens the resilience of the whole Sunshine Coast. So I think those kinds of things are so important. Another one that Lucy was starting to allude to with her being a, a youth in the business was when she was just at the age of starting to write a resume and and start to look for jobs, she realized that she actually had a lot of skills. She knew how to use an espresso machine. She knew how to work in a small business. She could do dishes. She could wash floors. And she thought, my friends don't know how to do this. Mm. So she took it upon herself to offer all of her friends and a cohort a year or so younger all of these skills. So she did a workshop on how to write a resume and Mm. how to make coffee and how to have a job interview. And through that continued this process of contributing what we know and being Mm. generous with our knowledge and with our time to support an entire community to flourish. And that's what you do as well, Roz. And I just Mm. think we have learned what a gift it is Mm. to be generous and to share what we know generously. Yeah. And enjoy that. And it brings such joy. And I think it also, I'm working on another talk with Lucy and we're talking about power and how if we feel like we have to hoard and hide something, it's very tiring. But if we see power as being something just wells up and it's about a release and it's Mm. available to everyone, that's so energizing Mm. and it's freeing. And it means we can live our lives with Mm. great joy Mm. because we have a belief 
that this power is endless, power of creativity, power of, of power of thought. It's available to everyone. Beautifully said mm. and absolutely it is. We open our hearts mm-hmm. and let the love shine in. Yeah. Let's talk about coffee, Montville coffee. <laughs> All the flavours, the textures, the characteristics, the nuances of, of where the beans are sourced mm. and how you put your unique stamp on that and how does that process happen? We see the beautiful Montfort coffee on our shelves at White's IGA, which we're very proud of. You have a very supportive team, I might just say. Sean is an absolute delight. (laughs) But how does it get there? So you source the beans in from Peru and Indonesia and from there what happens and how do you put your Montfort flavour into Mm. it? Yeah, so... Recently, as part of Curated Side Plate, we did a big coffee cupping event. And so coffee cupping is essentially this ceremony or process of tasting coffee in its kind of purest form so that you can then grade it on international standards. And it's a process that's done everywhere, like the growers and the buyers and the brokers and all that use the same. Sean was leading this cupping workshop and taking everyone through how to taste coffee and so yeah what I was learning through that was that we're sourcing these beans from all these different regions and each region has a really different flavor profile I was telling you earlier that I don't drink a lot of coffee so I'm sort of new to the flavor profiles and yeah learning that you know Woodford is this more robust and sort of a bolder flavor and Sunshine Coast is more fruity and acidic and the reason they're like that is is because of the different regions that we're sourcing them from and yeah through that cupping workshop we were learning just on your tongue what those different flavors feels like like is it coating your tongue is it sitting in the back is it on the tip of your tongue and how that then translates to what you actually like in a coffee because everyone likes a different thing and they don't really know how to describe it but then the more that you're practicing being like oh yeah this is what this feels like then you can translate that into what you actually enjoy in in coffee. And it is so true Lucy and the flavours and the variants are so extensive and then you can you add whether it's oat milk or Mm. you know soy latte or a decaf it's just endless or a little piccolo or an espresso or a double shot. There's also influences from around the world. So the Italians love a really short, black, strong. They just stand up and drink it at the counter. It's just whereas the Aussies, you know, you might have your simple old we like to sit and instant coffee even or whatever. We're becoming quite sophisticated in what Mm. they enjoy with their flavours. But it really is intriguing. It's almost like this endless pot of just flavour and it's an extraordinary commodity, isn't it? Yeah. It's a bit like oil. Who knew, <laughs> you know, you could have an oil connoisseur and and it's it's quite astounding how much there is to know about oil and the influences and where it's sourced and the differences mm. and the different flavour profiles it has, mm. which is another whole discussion. Yeah. And mostly when we're thinking about, you know, reflecting on flavours and sourcing and that sort of thing, we're thinking about wine. But mm. there's so many different ways that you can add impact and flavour through to your product. I think that's something too that just being part of the Food and Ag Network, like mm. I've noticed that everyone with their own chosen 
food or beverage product have really like focused on elevating it to its best possible form and and really being like of course you can buy cheap versions of everything but that's not really like honoring the food itself and the plant itself mm. for what it what it's meant to taste like and how beautiful those flavors are it's one of the most ancient commodities as well mm. isn't it because not only is it one of the most popular drinks on the planet and most of us sip it the origins extend right back through to african tribes mm centuries ago, doesn't it? Mm. I think coffee was stemmed mainly from Ethiopia, I think was the original, the origins. And it's a fruit, isn't it? It's grown in a it's berry. A cherry. It's yeah. a cherry. Yeah. yeah. And it has obviously has this sort of this pick me up within it, <laughs> yeah. which is probably like people like myself, I need it at 6am when I open my eyes. It's my eye opener for the day. <laughs> But we use it in different ways to be social, to have connection, to do business deals. It's just has so many broad contexts and meanings and experiences, doesn't it? And such history. Yeah, it's this like ritual that's part of all of our days without us really even thinking about yeah. it. But it's like starts our morning and then it's like the reason we catch up with friends and then it's always a reason to connect or even just have a moment with ourselves. Yeah. And Perfect. What have been some of maybe the highlights of Montville Coffee and maybe some of the challenges along the way? Highlights as an entrepreneur in a family business is when your children decide that the business is interesting and they want to participate. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure, Roz, you've, yeah. you've had the same experience. So both my son and my daughter have joined us in the business in different capacities and have discovered that their knowledge and their interest is something that is really useful in the business and takes us to a place that we couldn't have gone before. So for me as a as a mother and a business owner, that's been really rewarding to be able to have those conversations with my children about the business and know that what they're contributing is something new and really valuable. Challenges, there are many challenges in business. And I think a lot of them are are about learning about the business journey through all of its different stages. And you can read about it in a textbook, but until you end up in a situation where you have gone down a path where you have too, too few customers and then you lose one and then you're in a, in a very risky situation with the business. I don't know. I think it's something that you can read about, but until you've actually experienced it, you don't know all of the different ways that that your decision making that seems sound at the time mm. can end up be putting you on a, sh on a shaking foundation and then you end up at risk. So I think those challenges are what push you to the next level in your business that you would never have got to if you hadn't had to deal with a really significant challenge where you were thinking we may have to close the doors mm. and then you push through and you figure something out and you use all of your creativity and your tenacity and mm. <laughs> call on all yeah. your networks to say, well, what do we do here? What did you do when you found yourself in this situation? Those happen periodically and they seem to me to be the crisis that propels a business forward to whatever that next level is. Yes, all the, those pivotal moments. And almost sometimes find yourself in a position where you almost don't have a choice but to be brave. And there is no alternative but to just show courage and pull out all stops and make it work and make it happen. And it, those do or die moments, they're pivotal moments, aren't they? 
They really are. And and I think that idea of calling on courage, like I remember one night where I was having a panic attack in the middle of the night and my husband said to me, well, what's the absolute worst that can happen? And we talked about it and I said, well, so we lose everything. We go bankrupt. We lose the house. And then he says, and we move into the trailer on my parents' property on the farm. And then we said, oh, and your mom will cook for us. Oh, <laughs> sweet. And it was this moment of, well, how bad could it actually get? If that's yeah. the worst, and we could immediately think of what we would do losing everything. Yes. It, it was a turning point for me in knowing that I could always call on my courage and there was always a way out and we could always be resilient and mm -hmm. that there was always some door that would open. That was a real turning point for me early in the business that allowed me again and again yeah. to call on my courage and tenacity. I do understand what you're saying, Karen, completely. It almost puts you at ease, doesn't it? I used to, for years and years and years and years, I used to always think to myself, oh, well, if we lose everything, I can always go back to banking. Mm. That was always my fallback. I'm sure I'll be able to pick up a job in the bank or cleaning or do something. We'll always do something. We'll mm. always find something to do or a job mm. for years and years and years. And it does. It almost just puts you at ease when you sort of go, you let that go. Don't let it cause you anxiety. Just put it to one side and know that there's another avenue so that it does almost empower you to have that mm. courage just by doing that and having that conversation with yourself. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It's very freeing. I've always kept my teaching degree. I've never let that lapse. I've never let my mm. Queensland teaching certificate lapse. And that's for the same reason, yeah. because I always felt that if things got really bad, mm. we would have always another alternative. Something to fall back on. Yeah, because business is scary. And it's it takes every ounce of your courage because there is something new that you need to face every day and at every stage as the business grows. Another area that had has ended up being an incredible strength is we had a business partner join us and you know Kevin Kevin yeah. well and that was also a turning point where we were able to share the load and bring in an expert mm. in areas that we had no ideas about and so that has also just given strength to our business yep. because of his knowledge and his skills. And it's the evolution where you understand and know what mm -hmm. the new strategy is. Mm -hmm. So 22 years on, mm -hmm. Montville Coffee, 22 years on. Lucy, here you are with fresh this fresh approach mm -hmm. and bringing life again mm -hmm. to Montville Coffee and your partnership with Kevin, breathing new life into Montville Coffee. What's next? So we're moving into the business precinct at Aura and we essentially outgrew the industrial capacity up, up at Montville and yeah, moving, it's, we're getting the fit out done right now and it's purpose built. We were just there this morning and checking out everything that's going in. So we're still a, yeah, Sunshine Coast based business. We're just Moving down the mountain. <laughs> well, that's great news, isn't it? Increasing your capacity, yeah. uh, which is absolutely fantastic and obviously have new growth strategy mm -hmm. underway. 
Where do people find Montville Coffee now, apart mm. from our fabulous little stores on our shelves? Where else can you find and buy and enjoy Montville Coffee? So at your business, at the new premises, for instance, or even where you are now, do you have like a front of house as well that people can come in and enjoy the, an experience and be able to connect one-on-one with you and the family that's creating the beautiful product and they come to where you are now or are you incorporating that into your new premises and or where else can they source your product? Our current premises, we have a space where we hold a lot of our events like when we had Curated Plate but we don't actually have a storefront there because where all the manufacturing is happening and it's going to be similar in the new premises too. It's more of a events and things but not so much a storefront but Apart from the beautiful <laughs> white side geos, I would say apart from local grocery stores, the best place is on our website, actually. We've just had a beautiful new website being created by my brother. <laughs> wow. And it's so awesome. There's so much information on there about brewing guides and everything. And we're really strengthening that part because Marvel Coffee is really like coffee you're buying to then make it home and so through our website you can even get coffee subscriptions where the roaster chooses what coffee you're gonna have that week and you don't even have to think about buying it so I would say that would be the best place sounds exciting after white's IGA yeah (laughs) (laughs) so each guest I ask the values or your motto that you live by in your life what is your motto in life Karen And how does it sort of influence you as a person? What impact does it have? My motto is to live each day seeing how I can contribute to the transformation of society. And a lot of that happens through our business. Mm. Well done too. Making an enormous difference to many people, not just here in our community in the Sunshine Coast, but also other parts of the world and having a, a broad social impact through a business that you love and adore. Well, congratulations. That's absolutely extraordinary. And you create a beautiful product in the process. Lucy, what's your motto in life? Oh, my gosh. I've never thought about that. Might be still developing one. That's okay. I'd say my, my one that's coming out right now is trust, I think. Just, yeah, just trusting that opportunities are always presenting themselves and and then you're kind of always where you need to be I think especially in business or in <laughs> society there's a lot of like oh you've got to like get here and you're not doing it right and you're running out of time and all of that and I think just yeah trusting like you're always where you need to be and you're always it's always you're always figuring it out and you're always going through something and another door will open. And yeah. I think that's something I've really been learning yeah. this year, especially since yeah, landing back in the business and mm. seeing, oh gosh, what am I doing here? And then being like, Okay, what if I actually just tried this? And then yeah. just what's kind of unfolded since then. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing how you have the courage to walk through the unknown mm-hmm. and then it opens up new opportunities that you just would have never known existed if you didn't have that that courage in the first place. It's mm-hmm. an incredibly powerful thing. Takes you on a lot. That's what life's journey is. Thank you both so much. I know you're so busy, but thank you for what you're contributing to others and what your 
offering to our community, your beautiful product that is roasted here on the beautiful Sunshine Coast, Montfort Coffee, and may you have every success in your new ventures and with your expansion, and we hope to be able to sell more of your fabulous coffee, but also introduce people, new people, if you haven't tried it, seek it out. It is absolutely beautiful. And there's a lot of meaning and a lot of values behind the brand Montfort Coffee. So it's been a pleasure. Thank you for sharing your story with us today and wish you every success for the future. Thank you, Ross. A locavore is a person who chooses to consume food that is grown, raised or produced locally. This is the Locavore Podcast, brought to you by Whites IGA.